We are back with some more college basketball action here for Wednesday, November 30th. Got a pretty nice card on slate for today, so let's jump right into it. Now we start out in Philadelphia with Temple taking on LaSalle. Temple comes into this game as the 106th overall team in the hot tip of power ranking. LaSalle is the 209th overall team. And, you know, it's a LaSalle team that has certainly struggled against better opponents this season. I mean, still don't have a win um, over any top 200 teams. And obviously bringing in Fran Dumfrey is, is something that LaSalle um, needed to, to try and turn this program around. And he's done a decent job, I guess. But like I said, they still are looking for you know a good win to put on their resume here this season offensively um you know that, that was my biggest concern for this team this season is how are they going to shoot the ball how are they going to play on the offense and it hasn't been great here to start the season only a 47 effective field goal percentage um here on the year they've really struggled to rebound the basketball as well only pulling down 24.4 percent um, off the offensive glass i mean overall it's just a team in LaSalle that has not looked great especially offensively and that's not to say temple isn't without their own struggles i mean they certainly have had some but um you know coming to this game following a solid win over drexel not to mention a win over villanova and a win over Rutgers um earlier in the year i mean overall They've shot the ball extremely well, too. Um, it's a Temple team that's hitting a 51 effective field goal percentage of the season. Also great from the perimeter, hitting 35.7% from three. Um, and, and if you know me, you know I like teams who can hit their free throws, and this Temple team has certainly been one of them this season, hitting 79.7% from the free throw line this season. Khalif Battle um, is really one of the top guys and the top scorers for this Temple team this season, dropping 18.7 points per game. And overall, yeah, the the Temple defense isn't without its own concerns, but offensively, they've been a very, very strong team. It's a team who can certainly shoot the basketball. And while LaSalle has some talent, and they certainly have a good head coach, um, they really did lose a lot of the contributors that they had last season. And, and while I think Dumphy will get them over the 12th place finish they had in the A-10 a season ago, I think is a team in LaSalle um, that we've seen struggle to get on the same page and we've seen struggle against better opponents. I think they continue to struggle here against Temple. Taking Temple, minus five and a half here against LaSalle. Now, the second game we'll take a look at here on Wednesday's card is Middle Tennessee State taking on St. Bonaventure. Middle Tennessee comes into this game as the 99th overall team in the hot tip at power ranking. St. Bonaventure is the 115th overall team. And both these teams have had, you know, fairly strong starts to the season. Middle Tennessee coming off of three wins in their Feast Week MTE. They looked very, very strong um, over those stretch of games. And in a large part of the Middle Tennessee success this season has come on the defensive side of the ball. They've really just done so such a great job rebounding the ball, pulling down 78.9% off the defensive glass. And, you know, while they've been great on defense, the offense certainly um, isn't without their own struggles. Haven't been terrible from the perimeter, but only hitting 31.5% from three. Would definitely like to see better from them there. Um, but my biggest concern for Middle Tennessee comes in the turnover department. They are turning the ball over on 21.9% of their possessions this season. Um, certainly not a great number there. And they're going up against the same Bonaventure team that has been a pleasant surprise for me this season. I mean, there's no hiding um, the fact that I, I wasn't a huge Bonaventure fan last season, but coming to this game following a huge win over Notre Dame, and, and I think I'm finally sold on this Bonnie's team. Offensively, they have looked very, very good this season and really just continue to look better and better each game shooting the basketball. A 51.4 effective field goal percentage on the scene, and they've also been deadly from beyond the arc, hitting 37.3% from three. Daryl Banks, the third, um, is a big, 
big part of the success for the St. Bonaventure team, and we knew he'd be a good player. We currently lead him in scoring with 17.3 points per game, and like I said, it's just the St. Bonaventure team that has really outplayed any of the expectations that I had for them coming into the season. You know, they bring in some transfers to, to help add um, some depth to this roster that certainly lacked it a season ago, and as good as they are on the offensive side of things, St. Bonaventure is even better defensively. Their shot defense um, has been absolutely great this season. I think they're going to make it very, very hard for Middle Tennessee to shoot here in this game. I think they get a big win at home in this one, and it's a Middle Tennessee State team um, that we've already seen struggle away from home this season. Yeah, they looked good in that MTE, but in their true road games this season, they have not looked good. I think they struggle to stay in this one. I'm taking the Bonnies minus two and a half here against Middle Tennessee. Now we head to the state of Texas as SMU takes on Texas A&M. SMU comes into this game as the 101st overall team in the hot tip at power ranking. Texas A&M is the 31st overall team. And it's a Texas A&M team that, you know, Buzz Williams absolutely had cooking last season. You know, played well in a very tough SEC schedule. And while they ultimately ended up missing the tournament, um, it was a team that went on a heck of a run in the MIT. Ended up being the runner up to Xavier um, in the NIT last season. But as far as this season goes, Texas A&M is, is off to a fairly decent start, you know, coming to this game following a win over DePaul in the last one. And overall, they have shot the ball fairly well this season, a 50.9 effective field goal percentage on the season, also hitting 33.1% um, from beyond the arc. But they go up against an SMU team that I think is very sneakily a dangerous team um, here this season. I mean, Rob Lanier inherits a team that, you know, won 24 games last season. And while they're still looking for their first top 100 win here this season, um, it's not an SMU team that thinks all doom and gloom. Yes, did they struggle against Dayton? Sure. Did they struggle against New Mexico? Sure. Um, but the biggest problem for this SMU team, and we kind of knew what it was going to be coming into the season, um, has really just been some of their shooting. I mean, overall, only a 43.4 effective field goal percentage on the season certainly isn't great. But where they, they lack on the offensive side of things, it's certainly one of those teams that makes up for it on the defensive side of things. I mean, their shot defense has been one of the best in the entire country, holding their opponents to a 43.4 effective field goal percentage themselves. They're also only allowing 27.6% from beyond the arc. And, you know, it's an SMU team that certainly brought in enough transfer talent to be competitive and be able to show up this season. And when we look over to the Texas A&M side of things, yeah, they're a strong offensive team, um, but their defense is certainly a concern this season. I mean, their rebounding especially has not been great through the 247th overall team um, in the country when it comes to pulling buckets off the defensive glass. And, and overall, there's some letdowns, I think, for this Texas A&M defense this season. I think it's a good team. Um, um, it might even be a great team um, once SEC play gets going. But here in this matchup, it's just too many points. I think they struggle to run away with this game. I think the SMU defense is just too good um, to get blown out in this spot. I'm taking them plus 13 and a half here against Texas A&M. Before we get to the final two games here on Wednesday, if you haven't already checked out the website, head over to hottipbest.com. We got college basketball, college football, NFL, NBA, NHL, UFC, horse racing picks being posted up there every single day. We got games. Also, follow the Hot Tip Bets main account at Hot Tip Bets on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter to stay up to date with everything that's going on over there. Follow my personal account at Hot Tip Bets Chris on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter to stay up to date with all of that content, as well as follow me on Betstamp so you get early access to all of my picks and get a notification every single time that i place a bet and last but definitely not least if you're watching here on youtube hit that like button subscribe to the channel hit the bell notification so you don't miss out on any future content and most importantly drop a comment down below let me know who you guys are betting on here for wednesday and let's get into these final two games 
Next up on the card, we head out west as Montana State takes on Southern Utah. Montana State comes into this one as the 141st overall team in the hot to bet power ranking. Southern Utah is the 154th overall team. And, you know, it's a Montana State team that had a ton of success last season, and they certainly have not lived up to that this season. I mean, a 3-5 and five record overall coming to this game following a loss to Middle Tennessee. And, you know, overall, I didn't expect to see these big of struggles um, out of this Montana State team, but, but here they are. I mean, they've really just not been good on the offensive side of things. They have not shot the ball well at all. Only a 46.4 effective field goal percentage, but the real big problem, and I think the reason a lot of these games have got out of hand for them, um, is they have no three-point shooting, only hitting 20 5.4% from beyond the arc. Now, don't get me wrong. Is Southern Utah without their own problems? I mean, absolutely not. They just got their first D1 win of the season against Sacramento State um, on Saturday. But it's also a Southern Utah team that was able to keep it within six points against Kansas. And yeah, obviously Kansas isn't going to be trying as hard in that game. And, and while Southern Utah hasn't shot the ball great this season, they have shot the ball better than Montana State, hitting a 48.1 effective field goal percentage. Tavion Jones is a big part of the success for the Southern Utah offense, dropping 21.5 points per game. He is absolutely a major contributor on this team. But the biggest reason I like Southern Utah in this game is do they just do a great job rebounding the basketball, pulling down 70 7.3% off the defensive glass. And, and yeah, the Montana State defense isn't the worst in the world, um, but it had some struggles last season. It's continued to have some this season. And overall, it's just a Montana State team that does not look like they just won 27 games a season ago. I mean, Danny Sprinkle had high hopes going in for this season, and they return a lot of the talent they had from last year's roster. But overall, it's just a team that can't get on the same page. They really don't look cohesive. They really just don't look like the same basketball team that we saw a season ago. Um, I really like what I've seen out of Southern Utah. And they play one of the quickest styles in the entire country. Look for them to push tempo here in this game, get up and down the court. And I think if they can do that, Montana State's going to have a real hard time keeping up. I'm thinking Southern Utah minus four here against Montana State. North Carolina looks to get things going back in the right direction here Wednesday night against Indiana. North Carolina comes into this game as the ninth overall team in the hot tip of power ranking. Indiana is the 17th overall team. And, you know, obviously North Carolina um, losing two games in PK 85. Obviously the, the the four overtime loss to Alabama on Sunday. I mean, what a game that was. Uh, I mean, ultimately they don't end up winning it, but losses to Alabama, losses to Iowa State certainly aren't terrible, especially this early in the season for North Carolina. It was a team we saw obviously fight through adversity and have the will to come back last season. I mean, they made it all the way to the final four um, as an eight seed. So North Carolina certainly has what it takes to compete in this game. And when we look over to Indiana, I think they've rose a little too quickly, a little too fast. Now, granted, it's an Indiana team that I personally have a future bet on to win the big, or win the big 10. So I, I want them to play well. But their only win over any top 250 teams this season is a two-point win against Xavier. Yes, what Mike Woodson did in his first season at Bloomington um, it was certainly great. And, and they certainly have the talent to be a successful team this season. I mean, Trace Jackson Davis, you know, has returned from last season and it looks to bring even more success for this team. Currently leads them in scoring with 18.8 points per game. And they have the roster. They have the experience to compete this season. Um, and defensively, they're a very, very strong team. 
but I just think this has come on too fast, too quick. North Carolina is also a very, very strong team. I mean, yes, competing for the national championship is about as good as it gets for a first-year head coach, and while there was definitely some luck and some sort of value that plays into that, especially with any team in the NCAA tournament, it's a North Carolina team that returns a lot of the talent and a lot of the experience they had last season. They have one of the deepest rosters in the ACC this year, and you know, the addition of a guy like Pete Nance from Northwestern um, is, while he's not a, a lead contributor right now i think as the season progresses and as we see him get more involved in this team um he'll really add that element and that perimeter shooting um that this north carolina team has kind of lacked i mean overall this season only hitting 30.8 percent from beyond the arc certainly is not the greatest stat line in the world and i really think the the, the issue with this game um is that north carolina coming off those two losses um in the you know the phil knight tournament um really kind of blew this spread out of proportion for where it should be. I mean, yeah, is North Carolina a little bit overhyped from where they started the season? Probably, maybe, but I still don't think they should be seven-point underdogs here on the road against Indiana. Um, I think it's just far too many points in this game. I think they bounce back. I think they play a close competitive one, taking North Carolina plus the seven here against Indiana.